you're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Bread of Life, part two of four. Enjoy. We are in the middle of something really good at Highway Church. Um, We're focusing on something that's so important to the heart of God. And what is that? Your health. Yeah, your health is important to God. Do you know that? Your health is very important to God. Is your health important to you? Sure it is. Of course it is. Is health important to other people? Of course it is. That's why health care is such a hot issue, right? Because health is so important to us. Did you know that sickness is a thief that tries to rob from you your time, your energy, your resources, opportunities? There's nothing good about sickness. Never has been, never will be. Sickness is a thief. If health is important to us, and we're people that have fallen short of the glory of God, how much more important is health to the God who made us? We can see how important health is, your health is, to God by looking at the ministry of Jesus Christ. We looked at last week 11 passages. That, that showed us how important healing was and what an important part healing was in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And his ministry has never changed. It's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And it's important to talk about this. It's important to talk about this in church. We should talk about every major issue in church because this is where we get the truth on it. Unfortunately, religion has painted a distorted, twisted picture of God. But you have to, you can, you can bypass that. You have to look through that and you have to look to the real Jesus. Because when you look to the real Jesus, not the one in the stained glass window, but the living Jesus, the one who defeated death and rose from the dead, the one who walked on water, the one who raised Lazarus, when you look to him, you'll begin to see how much he loves you and what God has done for you. So that's what we're doing. We've got to go right on by the misunderstandings and the controversy regarding this issue. Same thing with prosperity. You've got to be willing to look beyond what people think to look beyond the adverse reaction that may surround whatever issue it is we're talking about and go right on by that to Jesus. And that's what we're doing. We're focusing on healing. And we're, we're realizing as we looked at Jesus, this is our second Sunday, and it's entitled Bread of Life. It's a four part series. And last Sunday, we saw that as we looked at Jesus, we saw that, that who God is, is revealed in him, that he is the will of God. And that's really what this controversy is all about. It's about God's will. Is it God's will to heal everyone all the time? Highway Church gives a resounding yes. It is. It is the will of God to heal everyone all the time. Well, then why isn't everyone healed? Great question. Even though it's the will of God to heal everyone, it is not automatic. It's got to be experienced and received by faith. How can you have faith to receive healing if you don't know it's his will to heal? John 3.16 we looked at, and it showed us clearly that it's God's will that no one would perish, that the whole world would be saved. Is the whole world saved? 
Is there everyone, is there, has there ever been anyone who was not saved? Sure. Was it God's will for them to not be saved? No. See, this is by faith. So it's so important to have church publicly, to proclaim the truth, because people can't have faith in it if they don't hear it. And it's so important to come regularly to church. We believe this is the best place you could be on Sunday morning because of the presence of the Lord and the Word of God. You can't have faith for healing if you're not hearing the Word of God concerning healing. You can't have faith for forgiveness of sins if you're not healing the word, hearing the Word of God concerning the forgiveness of sins. So this is so important that you're here and that we're here and that God's here and that His Word is going forward. So Jesus is the will of God. And we gave you a little test last week that you can take regarding your beliefs because we don't want to be a part of a cult. We don't want to get off in some kind of goofy doctrine that some guy started. We want to know the truth. And there's a test, a very simple test you can, you can take to find out is what you believe the truth. And the first part of that test, the major part of that test is what, do, is what I believe about healing. Does it agree with the ministry of Jesus Christ as revealed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts? It, it, does it line up with what he demonstrated because he is the will of God? Very important. It's got to pass that test. Or what I believe, I've, somehow I've misunderstood God. It might be based on my life experience, what I believe. It might be based on what I've been through or what others have been through or what someone else told me. But if what I believe is different than the Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, then I've misunderstood God. Okay? The second part of that test is, do, is what I believe about healing. Do I have at least three scriptures? Three scriptures that support that, at least. So those are the two things you can do to find out, is what I believe about healing really true? Does it line up with the revealed will of God, Jesus Christ? And do I have three scriptures to support that? All right, let's get into part two today. The bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Father, we love you so much this morning. We open our hearts. We thank you that you have made us whole through your son, Jesus Christ. We're here this morning not to play church, but to experience you. We believe that you and you alone are the source of all that is good. Nothing bad comes from you because you and you alone are God, and every good and perfect thing comes down from you. And we thank you for every good and perfect thing in our lives. We receive your healing presence and healing power in our lives right now in Jesus' name. Now, Jennifer mentioned the uh, amen. Jennifer mentioned the lepers. And you read through the, the, the New Testament, and there are many accounts of healing. There are times where multitudes were healed, and we don't know how many of those were, but that's thousands upon thousands. There are times of individual accounts, the 10 lepers. But I want you to know you're in a better place in your seat than the lepers were. Why? Because when Jesus walked the earth, he could only be in one place at one time. But when he went to the cross, he descended into hell, he was raised up, and he told his disciples to wait. The Holy Spirit came after Jesus. And the Holy Spirit now is everywhere at once. So in other words, you can access who Jesus is, his healing power and life wherever you are at any point in time. Why not now? Amen. You don't have to have someone to pray for you to be healed. Just believe. Just receive it. Okay, so Jesus made an astounding statement in John chapter 6, verse 48. He said, I am the bread of life. 
I am the bread of life. Wow. Now, that's a, that's a, a word we want to uh, improve our understanding on, L-I-F-E. He didn't say, I'm the bread of death. I'm the bread of confusion. I'm the bread of, of sickness. He said, I'm the bread of life. Why is that important? Well, in the Greek, the word that Jesus used there is Z-O-E, Zoe. All right? And the predominant definition of Zoe is so powerful. And I want to read it to you right out of Vine's Expository Dictionary, okay, of Old Testament and New Testament words. This is just, this is a, a, a scholarly manual. Um, this is not something I wrote, but this is just a definition of the word that Jesus used there, okay? Now, this word Zoe is used uh, throughout the, the uh, New Testament. It's not the only word used for life, but the predominant use of this word is this definition. Are you ready? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Here's Vine's Expository Dictionary's definition of this word. Life in the absolute sense. Life as God has it. I am the bread of life in the absolute sense. I am the bread of life as God has it. That which the Father has in himself and which he gave to the incarnate Son to have in himself and which the Son manifested in the world. That was the Zoe life that those lepers experienced. Do you understand that? See, the Zoe life doesn't matter how bad the illness is, it, it, it's greater. Amen. You could have missing body parts and get new ones through this Zoe life. From this life, this is still in Vine's Expository Dictionary, from this life, man has become alienated. Why? In consequence of the fall. And of this life, men become partakers through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the bread of life. Now, there's a, a common definition, so there's a supernatural definition of this word, and then there's just a common one, which means that the, the common life that animals and plants and we all have. But you can tell what the definition of this word is by the context, context in which it's used. So, Zoe, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Let's look at the verse before that, verse 47. Let's start in John 6, 47. Let's keep in mind the definition of this word. It's good to understand what words mean. We understand what they mean, and faith will come. All right, John 6, 47. Most assuredly, look how Jesus tries to encourage us. You know, he doesn't have to say that. He's God. If he just says it, it's truth. But he says, most assuredly. Sometimes he'll say, truly, truly, or verily, verily. He wants us to be sure and certain of who he is and what he's done for us. Oh. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life in the absolute sense. Life as God has it. Same life the Father has, which he gave to me and I've manifested to the world. I am the bread of life in the absolute sense. Life as God has it. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and are dead. Why? It wasn't the bread of life. That was a temporary provision of God. 
verse 50, he's talking about himself. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of the bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Wow. How silly. When you just look at Jesus, when who he is becomes so real to you because you're meditating on Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, it's so silly to think it's not God's will to heal you. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. Now, let's keep going. Let's look at some other things. Jesus said this. He uses this word Zoe a lot. John chapter 10, verse 10. Now, John, these, it's important to look at the words of Jesus. Why? Because we're getting his perspective. Jennifer and I were talking about this yesterday. There's a song we sing, Jesus at the center of it all. And we sing, Jesus, it's all about you. That's from our perspective, right? But what about God's perspective? From God's perspective, it's all about you. Isn't that amazing? Do you know Jesus did not have to come? He did not come for himself. He wasn't interested in becoming a statue or, 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 being, or a poster made of him. Right. He wasn't interested in that. He was interested in you experiencing Zoe, in you having life and life abundantly. Yeah. So we're looking at things from God's perspective. Do you know God invites us to see things the way he sees them? Yes. And when we start seeing things from his perspective, everything changes. We begin to adopt his values, his priorities, his faith. So let's look at it from, from God's perspective. Here it is. He's telling us flat out, John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, sickness does not come, we could say, except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what sickness is all about. I have come, here's my purpose, right, that they may have life in the absolute sense, life as God has it. Wow. That's why he came, and that they may have it more abundantly. The Living Bible says, same verse, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. While we're at it, let's go back to some scholarly works. Let's take a look at Mr. Strong. Strong's Greek and Hebrew Dictionary. There's a word put at that in there, and, and we, sometimes it's just, it's just hard to capture God with words in our language. Some languages are more descriptive. Uh, um, but the Greek is a very descriptive language. But it says in the English that they might have it more abundantly. But this, this Greek word there is a powerful word. don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's parisos. But this is what it means. I've come that they may have life more beyond measure. Just think about that one for a moment. This is God's perspective. This is why he came. It was not for his benefit at all. I came that they might have life more beyond measure. So if you can calculate your future, God wants to do much, much more. Beyond measure. Vehemently. More abundantly. Advantage. Superfluous. Very highly. Exceeding abundantly above. Exceeding. This is one of those words that's just explosive. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. We're going to keep going. Here's more definitions. Exceeding some number or measure or rank or need. 
I came that you might have life over and above, more than is necessary. See, religion gets a little touchy when you start approaching what's necessary. God says, I want you to have beyond measure than what is necessary. See, religion, well, okay, you have what's necessary, but don't you dare go beyond that, right? No, that's not the heart of God at all, not even close. More, beyond measure, over and above, super added, exceeding abundantly, supremely. I've come that you might have life supremely. I've come that you might have life something further, more, much more than all, more plainly, superior, extraordinary, surpassing. I came that you might have life that is uncommon. I come that that you might have life that is preeminent, superior, that you might have the advantage, more eminent, more remarkable, more excellent. Woo! We've been thinking way too small. (laughs) Way too small. Hallelujah. We're living large at Highway Church. Jesus is Lord. All right, John chapter 14, 6. Well-known scripture. Jesus says to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life as in the absolute sense. The life as God has it. Zoe. I am the superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon life. And no one can have this life unless they come to the Father through me. So there's only one way to experience this life. And it's through faith in Jesus. It's through faith in Him. All right, John, let's see, John chapter 3. Grab a hold of this. See, when we gather, God by His Spirit will strengthen you. And all you've got to do is focus on Him. Put your faith and trust in Him. Let Him strengthen you this morning to take you places you've never been in your physical health, in your life. Let Him take you higher than you've ever been. Let Him expand your thinking to this beyond measure life, to this superior, extraordinary, surpassing, and uncommon life. This is John chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 14. Powerful section of Scripture. It's a, it's a Scripture that's familiar, but, but the life in it is not as familiar as it should be. And, and Jesus again is talking. This is the real Jesus. And He says, as Moses... What's that little word, as? It's a comparison, right? He's comparing Moses to what he's about to do. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, there's that comparison, right? Even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up. What in the world is he talking about? So that whoever believes will in him have zoe. says eternal life in this translation, New American Standard. Now, there's, a, there's an adjective there, this word eternal. Let's open this one up a little bit. That whoever believes, so it is conditional, right? God's love, is, is God's love conditional or unconditional? Unconditional. Is experiencing it conditional or unconditional? Conditional. Do you understand that? Very important to understand. God's love is unconditional. But if I want to experience it, I've got to, ex- I've got to receive it. I've got to believe in it. I've got to believe He loves me. And that might take some faith. 
because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, right? But he does because, because the word says so. See? So his, who he is, experiencing him is not unconditional. So important to understand that. All right? So this word, it says eternal. Some versions say everlasting. Powerful word. Now here again, and I, I, I speak of it often because I want us to break out of that mold. I want us to be free. Religion has taken this term, eternal life, and defined that as going to heaven. <clears throat> Not at all what Jesus was talking about. Wrong answer. Wrong answer, okay? Eternal life, eternal is not, he's not talking about a point in time in the future. He's talking about a quality of living, okay? Let me give you the definition on this word eternal, powerful. And this was from uh, Strong's, I believe, or Vines, it was a combination of both. Eternal, endless. I came that they might have endless life as God has it kind of gives you a different picture, doesn't it? See, you'll, you'll see as you're reading the Bible, if you get this religious mindset, you read eternal life and you think heaven. No. You think off in the future. No. I came that they would have endless, supreme, uncommon, superior life. Woo! By religion, right? Hello, Jesus. I came that they would have endless life perpetual, ongoing, everlasting, never-ending, eternal, permanent, constant, abiding, enduring, perennial, timeless, ageless life, deathless life, undying life, unfailing life, unchanging, unfading, persistent, unbroken, non-stop, never-ending, sustained, around-the-clock life. It's just the Bible. See how man's thinking has robbed so many of this kind of life? Because you can't receive it if you don't know about it but not at Highway Church. Thank you, God. God needs churches to just tell them the Bible, to just proclaim this Zoe. And we got one right here. Best place you could be on Sunday morning. John chapter 3, that was verse 14. Now, we're going to jump to verse 15 here. For God so loved the... Excuse me, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... Now, there's a condition... So he loved everybody that whoever believes. There's the condition. And that's a good condition, right? Because that's a love condition. Can't have love without freedom. Love is a choice. So whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting, endless, nonstop, persistent, unbroken, uh, sustained, around-the-clock, superior, supreme, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon life. Now, what is Jesus talking about, Moses and the bronze serpent? I, I, I value the Old Testament in the sense that it helps us to understand Jesus. Even though we're not under that covenant anymore, it's been fulfilled, there are a lot of types and foreshadows of Jesus Christ that can strengthen our faith in Him. 
right? Those types and foreshadows, that's the only benefit of them, okay? So if we go back to Numbers 21, let's go back to Numbers 21. There's just so much here. I had to, it, it's taking an exercise of faith for me to fit this into four Sundays because it's just so rich and so deep. All right, ex, uh, Numbers 21, we're, we're going to look at what Jesus was talking about because Jesus was an expert in the Old Covenant, right? I've been told that, that it was common in those days for youngsters to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The first five books. Okay, Numbers 21. This is what happened. Okay, this is what Jesus was referring to when he's talking about why he came. So the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord in you. And you'll see that, unfortunately, God's people, for the most part, were very rebellious, very sinful. They didn't listen to God. They didn't listen to Moses. So here's an instance where they did that, and they're coming, they're acknowledging it, and they say to Moses, intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. So in this instance, they opened the door for the enemy. Poisonous serpents came into the, into the camp, and they were getting bit, and they were dying. So they came to Moses and said, pray for us that we can be delivered from this. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent. And set it on a standard, and it, shall be, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. Now, why would God say make a serpent? Well, what was attacking them? Snakes, snakes serpents, right? Poisonous snakes. God said, take the thing that's killing them and crucify it. Put it on a pole. Jesus took the thing that was killing us and, put, and it, God put it on a pole. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent. What, what, what was their issue? They were dying of poison. It was a physical issue in their physical bodies. There was physical poison in their physical bodies causing them to physically be sick and die. And they came to God and he provided for them. And Jesus said, just as Moses... So has God provided for your physical health through me. Same way. Same way. These are Jesus' words, right? As Moses, even so. So God took our sickness and he nailed it to Jesus on that pole so that whoever would look to him. Let's read that next verse. Look at verse 9 of Numbers 21. And Moses made a, bra a bronze serpent and set it on the standard. And it came about that if a certain bit any man, have you ever been bit? When he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. Now I want to read you this look out of the Amplified. Again, when you understand the definition, it helps us to grow in faith. Verse 9 in the Amplified says, When he looked to the serpent of bronze attentively, expectantly with a steady and absorbing gaze he lived Amen. read it again yes. when he looked to the serpent of bronze and today this is us looking at Jesus attentively what does that mean your attentions on him 
Not on the condition in the camp. Not on the, on, on the serpent that's bit you. Not on what others have said. Not on man's religion. On Jesus. Attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. It was conditional, was it not? Receiving anything from God is conditional. And the only condition is faith. They're describing faith, a look of faith. Not just like, oh, I'm healed. Like they just, oh, there it is. No. Jesus, you are my health. You are greater than this poison and serpent that's bit me. And I'm looking to you. You have made me well. I'm expecting life to flow through my body daily. 24-7, remember around the clock, everlasting, eternal, nonstop. I expect life to flow through my feet, my ankles, my bones, my knees, my shoulders, my chest, my heart, my veins, my arteries, my nervous system, my lymph nodes. I expect it because of who Jesus is. This is the look that we have as believers today. So let's cultivate that look. Look to Jesus right now. Look to him expectantly because he's here right now by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Expect to receive his life right now. Just receive it. You don't need anyone to pray for you. It's Jesus. He's alive. Receive his life flowing through your body, flowing through every cell and tissue and organ and system of your body. Whatever it is, God has, God has made provision for your wholeness. We receive it, Lord. We receive your healing power. We receive it. We acknowledge what you've done for us. Just as Moses lifted up the bronze servant, you lifted up your son, Jesus, that whoever looks to him expectantly will live well, will be made whole, will live this Zoe life you came to give us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Wow. See, I really, don't, I really don't want to play any kind of games. I want to experience Jesus. That's the heart of this church, that you would taste and see how much he loves you. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. So Jesus came that we would have this life, this quality of life that is only available through faith in him. That's why he came according to his own words, and that we give it to others, that we would let others know that it's available to them. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9. And the reason we're going through so many scriptures is I just want to erase any doubt in your mind. This is not a church doctrine. This is the character and heart of Jesus Christ. That's what he has for you, and don't let anyone rob you out of it. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. Matthew 9, verses 35 and following. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, three things, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming or preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And, and if you have anyone that you know that's dealing with any kind of issue physically, bring them to Highway Church. We'll pray for them and we'll see the life of God touch them and made whole. This is God's hospital right here. We thank you. It's supernatural. It's limitless. It's who he is.
Hallelujah. So, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. There it is. And and I've heard people say this before and understand what they mean, but they're concerned about getting a diagnosis on their condition so they'll know what the name of it is. I don't care what the name of it is. What's the difference does it make? Really? He's taking it all. All I care about, this thing is challenging my well-being, and it's not allowed. Get out of my body. Get out. I've been redeemed. You following me? Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Could that be his body today? Hmm. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. When I say his body, there are so many believers who are distressed and dispirited because of what they've been told. Hmm. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Right after he does that, he calls his disciples to him, and he gives them power, in verse 1 of chapter 10, over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness. And all, like that little word, A-L-L, all kinds of disease. And in verse 7, he tells them, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? Heal the sick. See? You should equate in your mind kingdom of heaven health. Jesus healed. Eternal life health. In the Bible, forgiveness of sins and healing of diseases go together. That's God's provision. It's the children's bread. It's the children's bread, okay? It should be automatic in our thinking. And we want it to, if it's not, we want it to get that way through the word, by taking the word. All right, um, let's see. He, so he gives them power over all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases. They go preach kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons freely. You have received. Thank you, Freely give. Thank you, Lord. I want to be careful because I, I don't want to offend anyone. But boy, if you, if you study history, there was a time where the church made people pay money or give them things to try and get their, their sins forgiven. I'm talking historically. How evil is that? Not saying the people were evil, the church was evil, but that that idea to do such a thing, freely you've received, freely give. Hmm. I need you to come with me on this. I'm telling you, God wants to do so much right here in East Taunton, in this area of New England. I mean, all the way from east, west, north, and south. And God needs us to grab a hold of this and grab a hold of who he is. That's why this church has been born. And you being here on a Sunday is so important. And coming to the get-togethers is so important. I encourage you and exhort you just to make Highway Church a part of your calendar. You know, I mean, we, you, you notice with the way service, we start at 10 and, and we end at 11.30. And we're, we're not bound by time, but we're, we, we make an effort to be good stewards of time. We respect your time, 
Okay, but I want you to know there are a great deal of, a lot of sacrifice and prayers and tears and pain have gone into this opportunity to come together and hear this word. And I want you to realize what God has begun here and take full advantage of it and invite friends, invite people. Say, come and just come. I want you to hear about God's amazing. God loves you so much. Just come. And, and there's someone... Uh, Oh, praise God, I don't want to give anything away, but God is so good. So just to take, let, let's just take advantage of the, this season and time that we're in, and let's, let's let God do amazing things here. Hallelujah. We, okay, we've got a little bit more time. I want to keep going and just drink it up. I hope you're taking notes, and, and you know these are available online, every, free, freely receive, freely give. These are available. Every message from February 2nd is available to you. You go to highwaychurch.us forward slash podcast and you can get them you can share them you can email them to friends people need to hear what god has done through jesus christ all right acts chapter uh let's see where we want to go how much okay book of acts let's go to the book of acts so jesus right after he sees these people they're dispirited that's a great word dispirited You know, that describes the condition of so many. They're dispirited, they're frustrated, they're discouraged because they don't know that God's been made available to them. His strength is theirs. And he, so he calls his disciples together. Now, keep in mind that after Jesus was crucified, those disciples, uh, there's about 120 of them that stayed in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came. All right? And that's what we call the book of Acts. Some call it the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. But there was never meant to be a period at the end of Acts. Man's religion put one there, but God has not. It's us, okay? It's us in the book of Acts, all right? So here are, in in Acts chapter 1, we have the disciples. They're, They're in that room together, 120 of them. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes for the first time in the history of the world. The Holy Spirit descends like he's never descended before, and they begin to speak in other tongues. There are times where the Holy Spirit would do things in the Old Testament, but never has the promise of the Father come like this. And this was the birth of the new church. Okay, they begin to speak in other tongues, they begin to shout, they begin to laugh, they begin to rejoice, so much so they cause a disturbance in the city they're in. And people begin to look at them and think they're drunk, which is understandable if you don't realize how good God is. And, and then in Acts chapter 2, Peter, not the same Peter, that, that uh, a few years ago, this is a different Peter. This is a born-again, spirit-filled, alive Peter. He stands up, not afraid anymore, doesn't deny Jesus anymore, but he stands up in the midst of this crowd that can, that can stone him, and he begins to confidently tell them what's going on. And he shares with them the gospel, and, and, and thousands are added to the church. Isn't that awesome? And the church begins to expand and grow. And in Acts chapter 3, verse 11, so we went through Acts chapter 1, 2, and verse 11, while he was clinging, excuse me, uh, Peter and John are on their way. We're going to go to verse 11, but they're on their way into the temple. And uh, let's see. Yeah, while he was clinging to Peter, John, okay, I'm skipping it I'll, I'll, just for time's sake. Let's go to verse 11. So real quick summary. Um, they're on their way into the temple. There's a man there who's been lame from his mother's womb. What a condition. And he, he's asking for alms, which are gifts, financial gifts, given to the poor. And they say, well, they say, in the name of Jesus, 
Rise up and walk. Take him by the hand. His feet and ankle bones immediately become strong. He leaps up in the air and he goes into the temple with them, praising God. And the people, verse 11, this man is clinging to Peter and John. And all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. So the people are amazed. They know this. They've seen this man at the gate. They know he's been lame from his mother's womb. And here he is jumping up and down in a, in a moment's time. And Peter sees that they're amazed. And he replies to them and says, Men of Israel, in verse 12, why are you amazed at this? Why is, is God providing healing for you amazing? Why don't you know that already? Why isn't that a regular part of your life? Jesus has been revealed. Who told you it's not God's will for you to be well? Who told you that simply through faith, your condition can't be cured? Who told you that? Wow. The, the, and he says, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power of piety we had made this, this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus the one whom you delivered. And he goes on in verse 16. He says, it's on the basis of faith in his name. It is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. And we're out of time for this week. We're going to continue next week. I want to get more specifically into how to receive this thing. In your daily life, when no one else is around, how to walk in this thing. Okay, and we're going to do that. We have two more Sundays on this. So we're going to start that next Sunday. But just drink it up. Make up your mind. I am all that God has provided for me. I have received it. I'm not going to let any opinions or, or, or perspectives keep me back from living this Zoe life. Father, we thank you this morning for your amazing word. It changes everything. God, you sent your son Jesus and you just took the doors off the place. You took the roof off the place. You took the walls out and you brought us into this extraordinary life, this life that is uncommon and only available through faith in you. So Father, we're here this morning and we receive every bit of it. We receive your healing life and power in our bodies now. Don't need to get in a line. Don't need to wait around. Don't need to have anyone pray for us. You've done it through Jesus, and we receive it right now. Your love has cast out all fear in our lives. We thank you that with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. Friends, faith begins where the will of God is known. Jesus is the will of God. He clearly revealed that it's God's will for you to be well. Look to Jesus. Review the scriptures in this message. Let God's word strengthen you and receive the health that faith in him brings. In Jesus' name, amen.